Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky i am dean linky this is the united soccer coaches podcast it is presented by league apps and this is my favorite time of the year the start of the college soccer season tonight on the big 10 network seven o'clock southern cal number 12 in the country according to the preseason rankings from United Soccer Coaches will be in West Lafayette, Indiana to take on the Purdue Boilermakers. USC, who's won two national championships in the last 20 years, are led by a brand new coach. She played at Duke, was an outstanding assistant the last four years at UCLA. Now she goes down the road in Los Angeles to take over the Trojans. We're talking about the former Duke Blue Devil, Jane Alaconis. Jane Alaconis will kick off the show. And again, you'll be able to see her 7 o'clock tonight on the Big Ten Network we're taking on Purdue. On Sunday, her alma mater, Duke, will take on UNC Greensboro. I'll have that call on ACC Network Extra, and we're joined by the eight-year head coach of UNC Greensboro, Michael Call, who's got ties to Penn State where he played and coached for the men's team under Barry Gorman and coached for the women's team under Paula Wilkins and then Erica Wash-Dombach. We're not done there. We finished the show by visiting another member of the national staff as we meet Absalom Solorio. Absalom Solorio to wrap up the show, the start of the college soccer season, and it begins after this message from our presenting sponsor, Lee Gaps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. Jane Alacolin is a former UCLA assistant coach, was a standout player at Duke, was named head coach of the USC Women's Soccer Program on January 20th, 2022. And guess what? Tonight on the Big Ten Network, she will make her head coaching debut as she will be in West Lafayette, Indiana to take on the Purdue Boilermakers. And Jane will kick off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. Jane, great to be with you on what is game day for you, your first official game beyond the exhibition season. It'll be on the Big Ten Network. Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I got to believe, I mean, you're just a youngster. I got to believe this is a dream come true in some form, right? To be a head coach at a big time program like Southern Cal. Yeah, it's funny. I wasn't sure if, if they would consider me, so I was a little nervous to write the email in. And then I said, I would love to be considered for a role on your staff. They got back to me 
within the week. And I was like, okay, but I thought it was like a generic response. And then the next week they were like, can we call you? And I started to get super excited. So I'm super grateful that they took a chance on me. Yeah, that's amazing because, you know, look, first of all, you were a big time player, a four-year starter at Duke from 2006 to 2009. But then I think you went into the business world or, or academia, right? Because you've got such an impressive resume. What did you do a little bit uh, after you got your degrees? I went and got my master's, but mostly because I wanted to go abroad, travel a little, kind of do a little victory lap. I got into Teach for America and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I applied, went through that whole interview process. I honestly did it because I always felt like I was shy and I didn't like talking in front of people. And I thought, oh, I'll have to be a teacher, talk in front of 30 people every day. It'll help me grow as a human. So when I got the opportunity to do that, I was like, okay, it's going to be really hard. I was in inner city Baltimore, but I loved it. It was, it was definitely a challenge, but you love your students. You love the day to day. Uh, they make you laugh all day long. Sometimes they make you angry, <laughs> uh, but for the most part, I loved it. Just building the relationships with the families and the students and having something good to do every day. So Jane, how many years did you do that before I know Duke, the power of Duke is always there. It's ever looming as uh, such a great institution. Your alma mater brought you back. I know where you were the, I think the director of operations, right? For yeah, the soccer for program. Yeah. So how many yeah. years were you out there? After I taught two years, I thought, oh, I'll do one more year, but I wasn't quite sure it was what I wanted to do forever. So I started coaching in my hometown and I really loved it. I did it just to work out and to be around my coach in my club. And then a team of U10s needed a, needed a new coach. And my coach said, oh, can you do it like temporarily? We just need someone to fill in. And then I loved it. So then he said, okay, can you take the 11s? Can you take the 16s? So I did 11s, 10s, U16 girls, that was a C team actually. And then I had U15 boys, I was an assistant on that team. And I loved it. It was just coaching every day, learning from other people. We had a really good community and, and just coaches who wanted to get better. So once I knew it was what I wanted to do, then I called Robbie and he said, sure, come on up. So yeah. And you know, that. Duke has been so good over the last several years. So remind me how long you were at Duke and were you part of any of those college cup runs? I was only at Duke for a little bit, and then I left due to a family situation, but Robbie has mentored me throughout the whole process. I love Robbie so much, but I was there one of the years that there was a, a national championship run, but we didn't win it. <laughs> yeah, but you came so close. You feel like, uh, yeah. you definitely feel like uh, he's built a power there now, and Duke can, can hang with anybody, and so can Southern Cal, of course, who won two national championships in the last 20 years, which is pretty awesome, including one that was not that long ago. So here you go. You end up out at UCLA where they make four straight NCAA postseason appearances. And very much like, you know, look, I live in Chapel Hill. Very much when you say Duke UNC, when you say UCLA and USC, there's that rivalry there as well. And like you said, you weren't even sure they were going to answer your email, let alone coming from their rival school. Talk about what that was like going from UCLA to Southern Cal. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I loved my time at UCLA. I love the players. I love the atmosphere. So to know that my boss was leaving and that could abruptly end. Uh, I wasn't sure where I stood with the new staff or, or what was going on. So it was a time of, oh my gosh, I don't know what's happening. So I started to look at other opportunities and obviously this one was, was the best one I could have possibly dreamed of, but it's nice. I didn't have to move. Already familiar with the Pac-12 and I was able to get Sugar Shinohara, who came from ASU. So we feel like we already have, we know our way around in the Pac-12. And I'm just super, super, super grateful that SC, yeah, was willing to give me an interview and, and give me the role. 
And you remember like calling your family, calling Robbie, like during the interview process when you're going through it. I mean, this is a big, big job. As I mentioned, a team that's won two national championships just within the last 20 years or even 15 years, maybe. I, I, I got to do my math a little bit better, but I mean, two two big time titles. Now you got A-Rod back as well. And by the way, we had Sugar on the podcast a few weeks ago representing the API soccer coaches community. So he's been on the podcast as well. I don't know if you knew that or not, but who are you bouncing the process off of, right? Because I'm sure it's got to be a little bit nerve wracking because it's a big job and a job you wanted. Yeah, uh, I remember Robbie's exact words were, girl, this would be the most amazing opportunity. So I called him probably every day throughout all of it. And yeah, he's he's just been the biggest supporter and, and mentor and friend through all of it. We see each other recruiting all the time. I love the guy, but Robbie for sure. Uh, and then a couple other people within the soccer world that I knew would become references if I needed them. Yeah, as luck would have it, I've got your game tonight on the Big Ten Network. Then I've got Robbie's Duke Blue Devils against UNCG on the ACC Network on Sunday. Do you still keep tabs on your Duke Blue Devils? I got to believe you do. Yeah, I was at the Angel City game the other day, and there was five or six alumni sitting next to me. Uh, they were there to watch Lily Nabit. And so, yeah, all throughout the the ages, I kind of keep in touch with a few people here and there, but certainly always rooting rooting for the Blue Devils. We're here with the young head coach. She's got her first game as a head coach tonight, leading the Southern Cal women's soccer team against Drew Roth from the Purdue Boilermakers. The game will be at 7 o'clock Eastern on the Big Ten Network for game number one. You can't hide from the lights right there. I mean, Purdue had a great season last year. You're on the road, so a big challenge for your first game, coach. I know. When I saw we were flying to Purdue, I was like, all right, we're going to have to just tough it out. Uh, battle just it, this is going to be a game of whoever wants it more whoever fights whoever wins the 50 50 so I think it'll be an awesome test for us and we're grateful to be here yeah how important is it uh, for your team to see where you are and you've got some big time players returning including a semifinals for the Mac Herman trophy that is just amazing but you know when you start on the road how does that make your team grow coach for sure, like every meal we're eating together, we did a lot of culture work beforehand during preseason, but just getting to know each other and, and spending a lot of time in the classroom and, and with our sports psychologist has been great. It's funny because when, when you've been at a program for a while, you've recruited the kids, you know them since they're 15, it's been complete opposite where I've just played against them. So we know them in that regard, but uh, it's been nice getting to know them when they're a bit older, but you got to catch up on a lot of lost time. So we're trying to have conversations with players whenever we can. You mentioned Sugar, and of course, you're bringing back a legend who won a national championship and a legend for the U.S. women's team. Of course, I'm wearing my North Carolina Courage shirt, so I got to see A-Rod play a little bit for the North Carolina Courage as well. What does it mean to bring her on your staff as well? She was the first person I could think of when I thought of someone who would be the perfect mentor for our current players who want to go play pro, want to play for the national team. She has been in the game so long at the highest level, and she was kind of a, a role player, a really humble player, someone that just knows how to go in every single day and get the job done. I love that about her. Like She's super easy to talk to. She's a great listener, just a great person on and off the pitch. So I think our players having that is just something extremely special, but very, very high standards. <laughs> I joke that our favorite line is like, not good enough, not good enough. Um, but it's awesome just to, to have somebody that's been in that environment for so long. It's interesting as well, looking at your background at Duke and then also what you did afterwards and then also seeing that you already have a UEFA B coaching license. This is the United Soccer Coaches podcast. So clearly coaching education is something that's important to you, Jane. I had the time of my life doing my UEFA B. They offered a female only course and I saw it on Twitter and my coach said, you have to go. 
So I booked a trip to England, took the train down to Wales. Uh, they put us in a hotel for 10 days, I think. And we just coached and coached and they recorded us. They showed video. Uh, I was very reflective and kind of uh, just made you watch yourself, listen to yourself, do things over and over. If there was something you could do better, you had coaches guiding you, but I loved it. It, it was a really good time. I can't wait to go back and do my UEFA A, but I think the fact that they did it female only just made it more comfortable. And it was a lot of players that play international or professional in England and Wales. Coming off of that, I'm sure you like me just watched the Euros and I was blown away by the level of play. In fact, for the first time ever, I'm a little bit more worried about the U.S. team because I feel like the level for all of these teams is incredible. But I also think that's a good thing because it just shows the power of women's soccer right now, right? The incredible play and then also corporate sponsors getting behind it. You just mentioned you're at NWSL game there at Angels city so you're seeing that growth and here you are at such a young age getting this top job as a woman I think it's just a great time right can you speak about that because very much Jane you are going to become a role model as someone you know young and eager and took a chance you know got out of your comfort zone and and here you go so when I first started my director at the club said you should coach the boys and so I coached some of the boys some of the girls and I was like, I have to coach on the girl side. Like, I just love watching young women battle, compete, put themselves in situations that are challenging and uncomfortable at times. But I loved it. Like I had little eight, nine and 10 year olds that were sticking tackles and just going in, giving everything that they had. So I started to see what the UCLA players meant to them. Now it's the same kind of relationship with the USC players where they say, oh, if we win today, can we call this player just our players inspiring the young ones. And then I would say female coaches, like you mentioned, England and the Euros. I love watching Serena Wigman. Me being able to see that and follow Laura Harvey, Emma Hayes, Serena Wigman, and see people in these top positions getting crowds of 90,000 people, uh, something I could have never dreamed of. We are honored to kick off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast with the first year head coach of Southern Cal. That's right. University of Southern California, Jane Alaconis, who spent time at Duke. Only got a couple more questions left for you, but you're going to make great memories as the head coach at Southern Cal. I have no doubt as everybody speaks so highly of you. But speaking of great memories, what was your best memory as a player at Duke, Jane? That's funny. I just loved I loved playing for Robbie. I loved the environment. I love the practice field. I love the stadium. We had two runs to the Elite Eight, which was pretty good. I was kind of in, now Duke's finishing really high every single year or doing really well most years. Uh, when I was there, we were kind of like top 25, top 35, but to go twice fairly deep in the tournament was special to me. But every day I loved it and, and I'm grateful for my time there. All right, as you get ready for the game tonight, be honest with me. Are there some nerves, like the kind of nerves you had when you played your first game for Duke? Are those kind of little sort of swirling around in your stomach a little bit, Jane? I get nervous before every game, no matter if I'm coaching seven-year-olds, 12-year-olds, it doesn't matter. But it's a good nervous, and and it's something that I just breathe. And the, the game time is going to come when it comes, and you trust the players and believe in the players and know that you did everything you could to prepare. So, I feel good, and I'm I'm just looking forward to the opportunity. All right, I do want to remind you that tonight at halftime, we are going to throw a headset on you live. So, you know, you talk about stepping out of your comfort zone and new opportunities like you did in front of the, the kids teaching and stuff. So you, you, can't, you can't escape us, Jane. We're going to grab you for a live <laughs> interview. Is that all right? Yes, of course. Thank you. 
All right. Finally, as we end, this is the United Soccer Coaches podcast next year. The year after this one, we're going to be in Anaheim for the convention. So that won't be too far from you. Hopefully you'll be able to make it. Have you ever been to a convention and what has the association meant to you? Weird enough, I have not gone to the convention. It's uh, when I was coaching club, I never had weekends off. So I always had two or three teams and yeah, weekends off were when I went away with UCLA. So I tried to to stay there for my team whenever I possibly could, but I caught some of the stuff online and then I think now I can certainly go this coming year. Well, and definitely if not in Philadelphia, for sure, Anaheim, right, Jane? I mean, just down yes. the road, we'll see you in Anaheim for sure, right? For sure. Okay, and we'll see you tonight as you take on the Purdue Boilermakers, Southern Cal, number 12 in the preseason United Soccer Coaches ranking, and they've got a great young head coach in Jane Alaconis. Did I nail that right? Alaconis, yep. Alaconis. Jane Alaconis. We'll see you tonight in West Lafayette, and thanks for kicking off our United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Dean. When we return, we're not done talking college soccer as we're joined by the head coach of UNC Greensboro Women's Soccer who will take on UNC Charlotte tonight and Duke on Sunday night, 6 o'clock at Koskinen Stadium. I'll have the call on ACC Network Extra and the head coach at UNC Greensboro is Michael Call. He joins me after these messages. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. Additionally, successful candidates will achieve Level 1 accreditation as an Applied Performance Analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the Master Course Schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. Great to start off with the new head coach of the University of Southern California women's soccer team. They play tonight on the Big Ten Network against Purdue at 7 o'clock. Meanwhile, UNC Greensboro plays tonight against UNC Charlotte. And then on ACC Network Extra on Sunday, I'll have the call when they take on Duke. And because of that, we're so pleased to be joined by Michael Call, now in his eighth year as the head coach of UNC Greensboro. Michael, welcome first time to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, for having me, Dean. I'm especially having a good day when I looked at your background and saw that you played at Penn State. Obviously, I have strong ties to the Big Ten, and you served, I think, on both coaching staffs, right, for the men and women at Penn State. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, I was uh, a way back in, in years gone by. I was made the restricted earnings coach in 1997. That's a title which doesn't even exist anymore. So, yeah, so I, I was on the men's side for three seasons, 97, 98, 99 at Penn State after I played there. And then I get into women's soccer. So, yeah. Barry Gorman was your coach. Barry Gorman is a dear friend to United Soccer Coaches, formerly NSCAA. And you guys are from the same part of the world, right? We are, yeah. We're both from Northern Ireland. And, and Barry is an amazing man and a man I've got so many things to be thankful for. And, um, and, and he's a wonderful educator. Obviously, he's been the president of the former United Coaches, when it was called NSCAA. But yeah, we're both from Northern Ireland. He's from the Belfast area. I'm from the Derry, Londonderry area. So Barry's a 
he's a great man. The, the only problem with Barry is he's a Manchester United fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm an <laughs> okay. Arsenal fan, so I don't really like those Manchester United fans too much. <laughs> yeah, well, fair play. I like that for sure. Before uh, we talk about tonight and your game against UNC Charlotte and then Sunday, the game I'll have the call in against Duke, tell us a little bit about uh, why you picked Penn State from Northern Ireland. How did that happen? I actually was being recruited by a couple of Ivy League schools and Penn State back then. That was way back in 1991 when I first spoke with with those universities. I chose Penn State because I knew that it was a wonderful education as an institution academically. But I had a couple of friends at at Harvard and Brown University, the schools that I was speaking to in the Ivy League from my high school in, in Northern Ireland. And they both said that Penn State, as far as sports, would be a bit of a step up from them back in the early 1990s at their Ivy League schools. So I really wanted that nice balance of uh, academic strength and sporting strength. And then I, I went there. This was pre-internet, so I went completely sight on the scene. Was delighted ever since the first day I walked on campus. Well, yeah, you told me that. You met your wife there as well. And just as important as I mentioned tonight on the Big Ten Network, I have Southern Cal against Purdue. But you remind me that you, with the men's soccer team and Barry Gorman, won Penn State its first Big Ten title in any sport, right? That is correct. Fall of 93, the Big Ten championships that fall. Uh, of course, we had there were less teams on the men's side in the Big Ten back in the early 90s. But uh, the Big Ten championships that fall were at Wisconsin. And I remember it like it was yesterday. We beat Northwestern in the quarterfinals. We beat Indiana, who are ranked one or two in the country in the semifinal. And then we beat the host Wisconsin in the final. It was actually snowing that day. Yes, you're correct. It was the first time a Penn State varsity team had become Big Ten champions. All right. Not to completely knock field hockey out of it, but field hockey wanted with Coach Charmorette, who's still there. Uh, I think they wanted an hour later. <laughs> uh, so yeah, okay. but we, so field hockey wanted the same day, but an hour later. I'm really tight with Char. I do field yeah. hockey for the Big Ten Network as well. So okay. I'll make okay. sure uh, that, to tell her that uh, you gave her full credit an hour later, though. I love that for sure. Yeah. Michael Call, the head coach of the UNC Greensboro women's soccer team. They start their season tonight against UNC Charlotte. And they play Duke in Durham, Koskinen Stadium, 6 o'clock Sunday, ACC Network Extra. I'll have that call. All right, so off you go into coaching, and then you switch to women's soccer. Talk about that switch and how much you enjoy it. Well, I love it beyond words can explain, but how did I make the switch? I made the switch with the uh, so, uh, the associate head coach currently at the, at the University of Wisconsin. His name is Tim Rosenfeld. Tim was uh, an assistant coach my senior year as a player at Penn State, and he was, more than 20 years ago, he was coaching the women at St. Francis University, and I was playing in the A-League, and he basically called me up one day and said, listen, I'm looking for a GA. I don't have any money for you but would you consider coming to help me out at St. Francis? And it was very close to where I was used to in central Pennsylvania. So I ultimately got into it to help out a friend. And I've been in it since the 2000 season. And my love for it has grown and grown and grown. And it's a, it's a wonderful place to be. I've, I've been now at a few schools and I, I cannot speak more highly than the young people I've been able to lead. And at Penn State, I think you worked under both Paula Wilkins and Erica Dombach. Is that right? You worked under both of them? Yeah, Erica was called Erica Walsh back then. She's now Erica Dunlock, yeah. Incredible. Under them both, yeah. And I'm still very good friends. <clears throat> Excuse me. Still very good friends, both with Paula and with Erica. 
Yeah, I love their quotes. If you check out Michael Call's bio on the UNC Greensboro Women's Soccer website, it's uh, fantastic quotes from both of them. High praise, especially from Paula, which is awesome. And then I believe your first head coaching job was UNLV. Is that right, Michael? No, that was my second head coaching job, actually. I, I was the head coach at, at St. Francis University in Pennsylvania for three seasons. That was my first head coaching job. But then I, I went back to my alma mater for eight seasons to be the women's assistant. And then I got the UNLV job back in the 2012 season. So UNLV was my second head coaching job. And I was there in 2012 and the 2013 seasons. Okay, yeah. And you had a good record and clearly something about UNC Greensboro, which is obviously a great part of the world. And, you know, UNC Greensboro is a great university. I remember my time with U.S. soccer in the early 90s. We would play national team games there at UNC Greensboro. Great, great location. What was it about UNC Greensboro that made you say, you know what, that's where I want to be? Well, there was a handful of things. Um, I, I had known about the history and success of the program for women's soccer um, with my predecessors before me here specifically Eddie Radwanski and, and, and Jack Poland before him. And then, you know, I considered myself an East Coast USA person, and my wife is from Philadelphia. That got us back closer to there. And also, as an institution academically, it really is a top-notch school academically. So I was saying to myself, you know, everything is in place here to continue to be successful. And um, it was a no-brainer when the job was offered to me to say yes and come back here to this part of the world. But surprisingly, I had never actually been on the UNC Greensboro campus before I interviewed here. So I had known all about the success and the history, but I had never set foot on campus. And I will tell anyone when they set foot on campus, it is a beautiful school. And, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you, you mentioned former national teams playing on our amazing soccer stadium. That sort of is the thing that people pick out most. They say, wow, for a mid-major school, that's an unbelievable soccer stadium. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I feel like it was just yesterday and that was 20 years ago. And I know they've continued to make improvements in UNC Greensboro. Now, what's been your best moment so far during your time at UNC Greensboro, Coach? Well, going back to back as conference champions in, in 2017, we were Southern Conference champions. We we lost versus Duke in the NCAAs on a, on a, a one nothing loss over at Koskinen. But going back to back, winning it in 2018 as well, where we... Uh, played in the NCAAs versus uh, South Carolina on the road. So going back to back, that, that was the highlight. I think going back to back for, for any coach would be maybe not their number one highlight, but it's got to be up there. For sure. All right. Well, tonight you open up the season against UNC Charlotte. And then just a couple of days later, you face an ACC power in Duke. One of the things I've always liked about UNC Greensboro, both on the men's and women's side, I mean, you guys always look forward to playing those ACC power five teams, right? We do. We've played so many of them in my time here. I, I believe the only team in this uh, part of the world I haven't played against here since I've been the head coach, or we haven't played against since I've been the head coach, is Chapel Hill. We've played okay. we played Florida State multiple times. We played Duke in the tournament, now on a regular season coming up. Wake Forest, Clemson, NC State. We really are playing these teams often, and um, I think we always will play these teams because we we try to play good soccer we have a beautiful place to play a game if they will come to us and um it's always a wonderful experience for the for the players now i know anson really really well do i need to like talk to him about getting a game with you coach what do you think sure that would be great <laughs> yeah, sure. absolutely now, is there one do you have one big win or a couple big wins over acc teams during your tenure that uh, you recall 
We beat NC State in uh, on the road, I think, in in Tim's second or third year, which was a uh, I think any time a mid major is going to beat a, a power five team is a memorable day. At my time at UNLV, we beat Oklahoma as well, which was another nice for the the UNLV kids to beat a power five team. So those were the only two wins, but we've had a couple of ties. I think we've always played okay slash well. Hopefully the next time we speak on, on an interview with your program, I'll be talking about the most recent victory <laughs> for Power 5. That, I've got my fingers and, and my feet crossed right here as we're talking. Well, that's awesome because, you know, like I said, you open the season tonight against UNC Charlotte, but then to go up the road to face Duke, which has turned into a behemoth superpower, right? And obviously Robbie Church has done an amazing job and he continues to push players into the pros. And I know your program's also done that as well. But, you know, what what is the the sort of vibe around the kids when, you know, you get ready to play a team like Duke? I don't really know. I mean, I'm, I'm making assumptions. Uh, they seem to be smiling. Um, they haven't <laughs> talking a whole lot about it, but I'm sure it's going to be wonderful for them, you know, to be taking the field versus a, a program of such massive expectations. And um, But as far as what exactly our players are thinking, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But I'm sure when we get to Sunday, it'll be all smiles on the bus and there'll be lots of high fives and there'll be lots of picture taking, but the pictures will be after the game. We won't be, <laughs> we will be keeping our eye on the prize before the game. We will be very focused and professional leading up to the match, but it'll be a, it'll be a wonderful day for them. Hopefully the, the performance will be exactly what we train in. Hopefully. Michael Call, the head coach of the UNC Greensboro women's soccer team. They play UNC Charlotte tonight. I'll have the call as they take on the Duke Blue Devils on Sunday. It'll be my first time seeing your team and calling the game, and I'm actually doing play-by-play -play and analysts. So help me out. Make me look smart. What kind of soccer does UNC Greensboro like to play, Coach? I think we play a very entertaining style. The ball is on the floor 95% of the game, and that's that's by design. That's how we train. That's the players that we recruit. They play good soccer. I, I demand that, and our coaching staff demands that, that the ball is played and it's it's nice to watch. But if it, if it has to go direct based on the refereeing or the weather or the other team, we can do that in instances. But we get lots of nice feedback from, from fans and alumni that we play a nice brand of the game. And certainly, I, I, I would like to be entertained on the sideline. I, I'm not getting up and remonstrating with referees or marching up and down the sideline yelling. I want our players to entertain everybody in the, in the stadium. For sure, the guy over there with the notebook and the yellow shirt on, a.k.a. me, wants to be entertained more than anyone. All right. I love it. And, you know, this is the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your experiences with United Soccer Coaches? And I have to believe with Barry as your initial coach and such a, a major player with the association that he made you aware right away of the value of United Soccer Coaches. Oh, yeah. I, I became a member way back in 1997, did my first coaching course in 1997 as a, as a young, very green coach out of the doors. And being around Barry, I learned how much he appreciated it, how much it made him network and also grow as an educator. And um, I can't speak highly enough of it. Uh, I, I would like to have more time to do more things, but since I've been out into college coaching so much, my time is at a premium. And when you go to the conventions, the sheer volume of wonderful people that you meet and learn from, it's so dramatic. 
No, it's incredible. Just two more questions for you, and we'll let you get on your way, as I know you've got a big game tonight against UNC Charlotte. Again, remind everybody that uh, check us out on ACC Network Extra on Sunday when UNC Greensboro takes on the Duke Blue Devils. That's at 6 o'clock. You spent time as an assistant coach, and I love the fact that you were head coach at St. Francis, went back to Penn State to work under Paula and Erica, then took off at UNLV, and then now find yourself at UNC Greensboro. You know the value of an assistant coach. Can you talk a little bit about your staff coach? My associate head coach, her name is Stephanie Workman. Stephanie's a, a very good coach, very good educator. Her She played goalkeeper in college um, at, at Moorhead State. But since she's been in coaching, she's been an assistant at West Virginia, Georgia, Dayton, Cincinnati, and she is my associate head coach. She's been with me here for six years at UNC Greensboro. Back in uh, February, I hired Mitch Williams. Mitch was an assistant at App State, Appalachian State University, uh, for the previous two seasons. Um, he is from the Blacksburg, Virginia area originally, but he learned a lot at Florida State, both as a grad assistant and as a volunteer assistant coach under Mark, Mark Krikorian. So he has had four seasons at in Tallahassee at Florida State, and, and they are both wonderful Young coaches, wonderful people to work with. Players love them. They go after it hard, man. They grind. They never stop, which is great. So well said. And I feel like your team's going to go after it hard as well on Sunday against Duke, including tonight against UNC Charlotte. Hopefully, uh, I'll get to talk to you on Saturday to go over the lineup and that type of thing and, and get ready, coach. But knowing how big that game is and without giving away the farm, what's got to go right for UNC Greensboro to come up with a big victory over the Duke Blue Devils? We have got to be aggressive in both penalty boxes, more aggressive in both penalty boxes than, than our preseason games. So attacking in their penalty box, we've got to be much more aggressive and we've got to be much more detail-oriented. And the same thing whenever they're in our penalty box, we've got to be more aggressive, we've got to cover more. The performance in the penalty boxes is going to be more of a focus for us than our two preseason matches, like I said. And then the truth is we are going to have to play our absolute best and hope that one or two of their players don't play their absolute best. Michael, really great, great honor to spend time with you. I'm sorry it's taken me this long, actually, especially being just down the road. And I've known Eddie forever as well. And he, he does speak highly of you. So well done at UNC Greensboro. I can't wait to touch base with you on, on Saturday when I get back from uh, Chicago calling the Big Ten Network. And can't wait to see you on Sunday out at Koskinen and your fine team, UNC Greensboro. Michael Call, the top man on today's United Soccer Coaches podcast. Real pleasure, Coach. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Dean. Pleasure's all mine. You have a great rest of your day, okay? I will do just that. Our show is not done as we meet a new member of the national staff at United Soccer Coaches, Absalom Solorio, doing great things. You'll like his story when we return. This is Dean Linky, longtime college soccer play-by-play -play man, reminding all college soccer coaches to amplify your upcoming season with the United Soccer Coaches College Services Program. Register now for the 2022-23 season and gain access to valuable resources you can use all season long. From educational programming to general liability insurance, the list of member benefits is endless. Make sure your program gets the recognition they deserve through All-America, Scholar All-America, Staff of the Year, and Team Awards available for college services members. Don't miss out. Early bird registration ends October 1st, so sign up today by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? 
If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform from robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations. League Apps saves you time and headaches. Less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by League Apps. It's our kickoff to college soccer. And we also continue to get to know more outstanding members of the national staff for United Soccer Coaches based out of Kansas City. Here we've got one of the newer members. We'll find out how long he's been there. We're talking about Epsilon Solorio, and he joins me now. Epsilon, welcome to United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, remind us your title and how long you've been with the association now. My title is Digital Marketing Specialist, and I've been with United Soccer for almost three months. I started in the end of April. All right, well, we want to hear your story. Tell us, first of all, where you grew up, did you play college soccer? Because I think you did, and I heard you were pretty good as well, and how you found the association. Don't leave anything out, okay? To give you kind of a brief background, originally I was born in Mexico, but I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. Growing up, I've always played soccer, something that I've always done, and my family has always been a huge soccer family. I played for Sporting KC Academy in Kansas City, and from there, I mean, we were open to a bunch of different opportunities and different colleges, and I actually went to college at Niagara University with my brother. It was kind of like a package deal. So we had played together before and I mean, we we really enjoyed it. And for us being able to play with each other and staying kind of as a family, moving those 18 hours away was something that they made the decision really, really easy. So I played three years at Niagara University. I was injured one of those years. So I tore my ACL my sophomore year as a college player. That, that's always a bummer, losing a whole year due to an injury. But of course, I get the extra year. And so when that came along, I decided to transfer over to Drake University in Iowa, which was closer to my home, closer to my family. So my family was able to watch me play. But as everyone knows, it was the year of COVID. So we didn't really have a season. So I ended up actually doing a year and a half at Drake University, where I really would have only done a semester. And through there, I was able to do my master's. Had a pretty good run at it at Drake. We made it to the conference semifinals and then that second year we made it to the conference quarterfinals but both of my college experience were amazing I'm, i mean i met some great people met some lifelong friends i can't complain great years of college at both universities so once i graduated i was kind of stuck in this limbo not knowing what i wanted to do after playing you know as a as a soccer player you play your whole life and you kind of realize okay like i have to either try to pursue it or try to find a different route. Well, I ended up playing a year with the Kansas City Comets, which is, was a professional indoor team here in Kansas City. And as that season was kind of coming to an end, I was looking around, searching, trying to find jobs. I knew I wanted to stick within the soccer world because it's something I know. And I, it made for an easier transition for me as I didn't want to give up the game. I mean, as we all know, you, you try to stick, stick around the game as much as possible, whether that's coaching or working. So then I found this opportunity at United Soccer Coaches and I was like, well, you know what, like, let me just apply and see what happens. And then I met Brandon and Bailey and they showed me around the office. And I mean, I was really just in love with it. And I kind of just hoped for the best. And I got a call from Brandon and that's kind of how it happened. Great. And just three months in, you're doing a great job. And obviously I love working with Brandon and Bailey. So definitely a dream team that they're putting together and certainly glad to have you on that team as well. What did you get your master's in? 
So my, my undergrad was in marketing and then my master's was a master's in communications. Perfect. So you're doing a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of everything. And it's soccer, which is exactly, you know, been your, your whole world for quite some time. So that's outstanding. We're so glad to, to have you. Let's talk about your name, Absalom Solario. Does Absalom mean anything? It's a biblical name. Most of my family, they either have a very unique name or they have like a, a unique middle name as well. We're very religious. We're Catholic. So I think my, I don't know, I've always asked them like kind of how they found this, this name because I've yet to meet someone in person that has the same name as I do. It's just really biblical. So during your time as a youth player and or a college player, what's your greatest moment, greatest memory, or even a pro? Because as you mentioned, you spent time with the Comets. Is there one memory that stands out above all others as a soccer player, Absalom? Yeah. One of my last years was Sporting Kansas City Academy. We made it to the playoffs and for a while there, we went through a run where we couldn't, we couldn't really make the playoffs. So after the playoffs, we had, it was kind of like a crazy story. The first couple of games, I think we lost the first game and the second game we had like three red cards. So we were going into the third game, needing to beat a team by like six goals and hoping for the number one team of the whole like tournament to lose right. by a set of three goals. And we were playing like on, on the field right next to each other. We were playing San Jose, uh, San Jose Earthquakes. And I mean, the game was kind of going back and forth. We had scored. It was like 2-1. And then they, they would score again, 2-2. Two, two. To kind of make the story short, it was just the game where we, I mean, we kept fighting to the end. And we ended up scoring the, the goals that we needed. And their game finished before our game. So we, we had kind of known what we needed due to the game being right next to us. It was just a crazy feeling moment. The fact that we won our game and what we needed to happen from their game happened as well. No way. So you um, scored like eight goals. Was it eight to two? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was the score. I, I mean, I don't remember. It was, I think it was like six to two or something like that. Okay. Um, and I scored like the last goal when we scored in like the 93rd minute. So, I mean, the game was basically over and we just needed one more goal. San Jose, obviously they weren't playing for anything, but we knew how much it meant to us. So we just like kept going, kept driving at them, kept, I mean, kept trying to get more goals. And I ended up scoring the last goal, like to kind of put us in to the quarterfinals of the playoffs. I mean, we ended up winning that game. And it, I mean, the whole, like there used, there was a video up. Um, I don't know if I can find it. I'll have to look for it because sometimes I would go back and just watch it because that game was just absolutely <laughs> crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I love that. Now, you know, this is United Soccer Coaches. So, you know, a lot of times beyond our parents, coaches shape our lives. As you think about the many coaches you had, is there one or two coaches that come to mind as somebody that made a big influence on your life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had multiple coaches throughout the academy and throughout, obviously, college. I think it's hard to name one, really, because I think through each one of them, I was able to earn, I mean, different experiences, and they they challenged me in different ways. John Perry, Ishtavan Rabani, Gareth Smith. Kyle Smith and Bill Boyle, those are kind of the ones that, and even Miguel Rodriguez, because Miguel Rodriguez really had a big influence on me actually going to Niagara University. As a player and even as a coach, you influence someone's life in different ways, whether you realize it or not. In this new role with United Soccer Coaches, you've only been there three months, you know, 90 days or whatever, but I get the sense you wake up every day excited to go to work, which is so important. Everybody wants to do what they love, so it's not really work, right? Do you feel that way about this job? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the beauties about it is that as a coach myself, like I, I have a different perspective. It's not a job that I 
that I don't use. So anything that I put out or anything that I help with, I try to think about how I, how it would be beneficial for myself as a as a coach myself. So it's something I enjoy and love to do. Awesome. We're here with the employee spotlight as it's Absalom Solorio. Did I say that right? Yes, sir. Absalom Solorio, who is uh, just 90 days in. You know, Jeff Van Dusen, put your name forward. And, you know, Jeff Van Dusen, the CEO, I call him a man of the people as well. You know, like, I feel like uh, no matter what level you are, he always has time for you. How much have you enjoyed seeing his leadership uh, early doors here? Yeah, it's been really good. I think it's been really prevalent that he's wanting to make change for the better and to help all the, the members of the association trying to find different ways in which they can benefit like the new e-platform that we're going to launch here in September, I believe. It's just something that, yeah, it may, it may be a lot of work, but it's, it's for the better of the association and it's better for the members. So he's all about the members. How much are you looking forward to Philadelphia and the convention? I'm very excited. So I, as I mentioned to everyone, I've kind of, it's been a weird path for me with convention. The first, the first time I went, I went as a, as a player, as like a demo player. This past year, I went to the one in Kansas City as just a coach. And so now I'll be going as a staff member. So it's kind of funny to see a full circle. So does that mean you are doing some coaching on the side then? Are you still involved in coaching at all? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I coach here in Kansas City. We've started a little organization with some members in the community. It's a program created for underprivileged kids um, and just trying to provide soccer to everyone with high level coaching at a low cost. Really, that's kind of like the brief brief introduction of it what's the name of the club though we're all about uh plugging clubs and this you know the things we do even outside of our roles with united soccer coaches yeah absolutely so it's not really a club it's more of a, a program or an association okay. so it's called uh so it's a play on words so it's called fun bolista so the first word being fun bolista mean player mm -hmm. um so it's a fun a fun player okay. and through yeah and here in kansas city we've we've been working with different associations that kind of are trying to promote the game of soccer um, within the community, such as Matty Rhodes, Guadalupe Center, um, this other organization called Oyama FC, and the U.S. Soccer Foundation. We've just all kind of tried, trying to align and just trying to provide high-quality coaches and making it more diverse and open to anyone that wants to come play, regardless of race, regardless of how much money you have. We're just trying to provide that for the, that service for the kids, really. It's grown into something that's better just with everyone and all the different connections that we have, because before it was just me and my brother just kind of doing it on the side, but now we just have more resources and we have coaches that have all played in college. We've had coaches that are a licensed coaches. They've done different courses with United Soccer's, some ex-professional players that were drafted all within the Kansas City community, just trying to give back to the community. That is so outstanding, so cool, and it tells me you have a big heart. So I have to ask you, you started by saying that you were born in Mexico, although mm -hmm. you spent most of your life in Kansas City, Missouri. So when Mexico plays the USA, you can be honest here, do your parents say, you know, let's go Mexico and, and the try, or do they let you pull for the USA? You can be honest, there's no wrong answer. <laughs> no, I... Uh... No, yeah, I, I'm a Mexico fan right now. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, um, that's fair. It's yeah. pretty, it's, it's the the colors mean a lot. They mean something to me. Um, but again, that that hasn't been as as great to say, given the past <laughs> couple of games we've had with the United States. Yeah, you've had some great wins though. I've been uh, I've been at Azteca <laughs> where you pounded us four zero and ninety six thousand people there and stuff. So uh, 
definitely uh, you've had some very, very good results. And of course, you know, the, the thing that I, I like you said is it's part of your heart as well, right? It's part of your heritage. Mm -hmm. So when they play, everybody's all in, right? Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's a whole festivity. Um, whenever they're playing, I already, I've already kind of told everyone in the office, like if Mexico's playing, like I, I can't come into the office. I'm sorry, <laughs> but Mexico's playing. There's, it's a whole, it's a whole day thing. It's not just the game. Um, it's no. the, what happens before the game, the food, the get together with the family, sitting around watching the game, talking about it for a couple hours after. Amen. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about. Man, I really feel like Absalom, you know, Jeff was right. You've landed the dream job. And I love the fact that you're doing what you're doing to, you know, bring soccer to maybe people that don't have it. I'm so glad that you're able to spend time doing that. You know, I, I often ask 30 under 30 members and I'm thinking you're not even 30 yet, are you? You're not even close to 30, are you? No, not yet. Uh, I'm, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you, yeah, you got this bright future in front of you. Have you thought about uh, what your aspirations are, you know, 10, 15 years from now, what would be the dream job for you? Or maybe you're in it. Yeah. I, I, I haven't thought about that far. I, I mean, I like to take it one step at a time. And I think I'd like to think in the moment as I'm in here and trying to give the most that I have, regardless of anything, I've always told everyone that if I'm in it, I'm, I'm in it hundred percent. Um, there's no 50, 50 for me. I'm, I'm doing it and I'm giving it hundred percent. That's so well said. All right. Last question. And that is these three words, United Soccer Coaches. When Absalom Solorio hears those three words, what do those three words mean to you, sir? In itself, you, you think about a community, an organization that's trying to really provide, provide an outlet for coaches um, and just trying to better the game of soccer for the United States. I think at the end of the day, like that's, that's what we're all trying to do as coaches. We're all just trying to make the game progress and make the game better for everyone regardless of anything and i think the united soccer coaches does a great job of that just trying to make the game more universal awesome i want people to follow your career so uh you seem more hip than me so i'm thinking that's instagram hip you know maybe TikTok hip i don't know neither one i'm, I'm that hip on but if people want to follow you absalom solorio how do they how do they do that yeah absolutely they can follow my linkedin or my instagram i think my instagram first is just my first name underscore last name spell that for us so it's a-B-S-A-L-O-M underscore Solorio, S-O-L-O-R-I-O. -O. My LinkedIn is just my name as well. Congrats on the new job. I look forward to doing more and more stuff with you and Brandon and Bailey and really happy that Jeff Van Dusen pushed you forward to be this week's employee spotlight for the United Soccer Coaches. Thanks for all you do and all you're going to do. I appreciate it, young man. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Great to meet another outstanding member of the United Soccer Coaches National Office in Kansas City. As he already mentioned, he talked about Brandon Milburn and Bailey Conklin. I want to thank them. I want to thank Erica Dyer and Jeff and Pat Madden and everybody at United Soccer Coaches. I want to thank our producer, Colin Thrash. And most importantly, I want to thank each and every one of you, all of the great members of United Soccer Coaches. For all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.